The Credible Nerds present The Fourth Taviran, a Wheel of Time podcast. Where next? The two rivers. There are rumors of four Taviran there. All the right age. The old blood runs deep in those mountains. Let's hope it's prepared them for what's coming. Welcome, Wheel of Time fans, to the fourth Taviran podcast. My name is Justin, and I'll be your host along with my co-hosts, Mark and Kyle. Hey guys, how's it going? So this episode, we will be reviewing episode three of the Wheel of Time series on Amazon called A Place of Safety. And this episode picks up right where the other one left off, with Nynaeve having a sword to land's throat, having snuck up on him. And they have a conversation about helping Moraine. She says, why should I have to? And... He's like, well, if you want to find your friend, you're going to have to. He challenges her to, okay, if you have a sword to my throat, kill me. And she goes for it, but then he is able to disarm her and knock her out. And she wakes up tied to a tree, and they, they talk some more. So here we have this first introduction, not necessarily introduction to the characters, but to this dynamic of their relationship of these two characters that comes into play big time later on um, we see them kind of argue and have some conflict with one another, which in TV shows always tends to show that they like each other. They decide to Nynaeve decides to help out as far as introduction of this relationship, guys, what do you think? Is it true to Nynaeve's character, the land's character, Kyle? I think so. For the most part, you know, I think my, my biggest gripe with Nynaeve in the first couple episodes is it just seems like she overdid it, right? Like, yes, Nynaeve is kind of a bold, um, outgoing, her way or the highway kind of character in the books. And I think that's awesome, right? I think that, you know, that that really makes her a powerful character. Uh, But I think the actor that that portrays her kind of overdid it in the first episode and she's just rude all the time right and that's not naive she just uh, naive is is stern because she needs to be stern right in the books and she comes across as stern but fair right in the books but i don't know in the in the first couple episodes she's just rude just so she can be rude right <laughs> and so anyways um getting back to the scene i think i think it does a good you know that they they hint to Nynaeve being able to track well right and you know Lan asking her how did you find me right a little bit late I, I think that this happens a little bit later but um and you know Nynaeve talking about how you know she learned to you know how, how she can track does she talk about how she can track in the episode yeah a little bit she does a little bit okay um because in the books I think it's her isn't her father that teaches her how to track right yeah yep yeah and so i don't think we've had any kind of reference to Nynaeve's parentage in the in the in the episode at all in the episodes i think they actually even said that she was raised by a the previous wisdom who went and went to the tower anyway i don't know how well that actually tracks but yeah they uh, I, I think i think the dynamics of their relationship are, are illustrated really well in the scene um does it match the books exactly no but i think it gets the point across so yeah. yep i agree 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree fully. I mean, kind of like what you were saying, you know, she's trying so hard to be angry in the first two episodes that kind of like comes off as an awkward, inauthentic now. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's trying to be nice. But um, yeah, no, pretty good. Um, see here. I I mean, I, I got what exactly what I expected out of it, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It matched. We, we, need no, we need more braid tugging, right? More <laughs> braid tugging. <laughs> Has there been a braid tug at all? I haven't yeah. seen any braid tugs. I know. None. Again, None. it's the little things, right? Again. Yeah. But um, I think I liked it. I think it was pretty, pretty believable and um, matched well with what we know already. Um, we also see how Nynaeve is able to be there in the first place because Egwene thinks she's dead, which led us to believe that she was dead. If you hadn't seen the show or read the book, if you hadn't read the books previously, you'd think that. But she was, in the first episode, she was captured by Trollocs, dragged off. And we see in this episode what happened after that. Um, she's dragged off into the, the woods. We get the idea that the Trollocs going to eat her. But then he comes upon another Trolloc, lets Nynaeve go and starts attacking that Trolloc because he's injured and starts eating that Trolloc. Nynaeve wakes up and then bolts and she's able to escape. But by the time she gets back, um, the group's gone, I believe. So uh, they they do this weird thing. I, I still don't understand what it is. There's that cave with the pool of water. And she's always cleaning and she's at sacred place because she's in there scrubbing it in the first episode. And here she comes in with to hide and she kills the Trolloc in the water and this blood comes up and it comes out in the shape of the dragon's fang. The blood does. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. And I still don't know what this cave is for. <laughs> Spent some time there, but we've never read about it in the story, but it's, some something of significance. I don't know. It's where they sing Manetheran songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I don't Women's know. Circles either. business. <laughs> it must be. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is it something we're gonna see later? Who, who knows? I, I, I can't even begin to understand some of the things I'm seeing, but uh, hopefully it means something more than just some random cave. Yeah. I think in the trailer we see the there's a scene with Egwene rising up out of that pool with the seven Aja colors and it like stains her dress or something. Oh yeah, yeah. But they've left. <laughs> so maybe it's a flashback, but you know, they're not there anymore. So who knows if we'll even see that. Speaking of the women's circle, where's the village council? Like, did yeah. we see any of that? Nope. Where's the village council? Nope. Just means Rafe, come on, man. Mm-hmm. So Nynaeve, that's how she lives, how she escapes, tracks them down. Um, then from there, we, we visit uh, Matt and Rand, who are hiking through these mountains, and they have some conversations about, um, we get to know them a little bit in their dynamic, which was cool, uh, how they go back and forth with one another, and talk to each other, joke around with each other. Uh, they come upon a city that's not in the story in the books, um, but it's this village. It's a mining village. They go down and on their way in, they see this Aiel that's in a cage, which is the one we saw in the trailer. And the Aiel's dead. 
and so they go in and they meet everybody there in the village. We get to know this new character called Dana, who's the bartender. And they don't have any money, so they're trying to, you know, figure that out. And then the Gleeman comes out to sing a song. And the Gleeman's Tom Marilyn. We do see his patched coat, his multicolored patched coat, which is good. It's patched on the inside, which is actually true to the books, I believe. If I remember correctly, it's it's on the inside. So uh, he sings a song about the Dragon Reborn. And then he talks to Rand and Matt and stills kind of lifts their money. Well, actually, uh, uh, someone stole the money from Matt and then he stole the money from that guy and he won't give it back to him. So that's their, that's the introduction of Tom Marilyn to the story and to Rand and Matt. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That change? Do you like Tom Marilyn? Do you like the character, in, at least in this show? Uh, yes, I love the character of Tom Marilyn. I do not like the mustacheless Tom Marilyn. <laughs> I think the guy's good, but he's mustacheless. So it yeah. doesn't matter because he doesn't have a mustache. Um, I, I'll give him a chance. We haven't seen enough of him yet to really know where he's going to be. He, just off the bat, He's not, he doesn't have the bard spirit that I would expect of Tom Marilyn to have, or is it written in the books, right? He's a lot more serious. Uh, whenever we see him, it's a lot more dark. He's singing sad songs. He's not singing happy songs. He's not building people up. You know, he's just brooding through life and that that's just not the Tom Marilyn I've seen so maybe we'll see something later coming up um but uh you know I'm going to give it a chance because it's such a big character to, to everybody to everybody that's ever read the books and so I want to try to give him a little bit of leeway to succeed just because I haven't seen enough of him maybe they'll they'll change that coming up and it was just circumstance of where he was and there's a dead deal and etc 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 so we'll see um, I'm all withhold judgment on him for the future, but I, uh, overall, I mean, neat scene, kind of weird that we're, I think the whole point of this really is to introduce this lady and who, who she is. We'll talk about it later and, and what that means. You know, I think that's what the whole point is to help, help us understand like, oh, there's this adversity that you're going to face going forward and you have no idea what it is until it's there. So, yeah. Yep. I don't know. I, I, for Tom, I like the actor. I agree. The lack of a mustache is kind of a what? <laughs> right? And so hey, he, Tom's always blowing through his mustaches. It's like, yeah, I mean, I always, that's always pictured it. Right. And so, um, but I, I, I like the actor. I think he, he does, he does a decent job, but to your point, he like, there's nothing. It's all sad songs. It's not like he's, entertaining the crowd entertaining or telling stories not juggling not juggling not doing anything right and yeah i feel like we're just we're we're, all we're discussing is changes here right and it's why are we why are we having to discuss like all these changes right it's not i don't think it's bad that we're discussing changes it's like why are we having to why why has rafe changed so many things that we have to like, you know, as, as people who have read the book, we feel like we have to make all these because 
make all these changes because I mean, in the books, Tom actually goes to Emmonsfield. That's where they meet. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how he gets to know Rand and Matt and Perrin. Right. And gets to care about them. Right. Whereas, you know, here, um, they meet in this random, random mining village and he's just as gleeman happens to bump into Matt and steal his, you know, steal his money back and then not give it back to him. And then like, why should he give a crap about Rand and Matt in this storyline? Right. So to me, that's a major disconnect in, in Tom's character. He comes to the village, and I think the reason that he gets this camaraderie with them is is due to that whole thing that happens on um, that happens in Evans Field with the Trolloc attack. He lives through that with them, right? Whereas here in this book, he's just this random guy, random gleeman that they run into who happens to overfriend overhear a. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a minute, right? But yeah, um, no, I'll just go into it. Yeah. So anyway, you, you have you have this you know Dina right who um, has. Rand and Matt work to kind of get their, you know, get their stay and get their, 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 you know, their room and board for the night, right? And, uh, you know, Matt decides not to help Rand with splitting the wood because that's Matt. And he goes in and serves drinks anyways and, you know, cracks some wise cracks, gets some tips, right? And so I like that. That's, that's Matt, you know, yeah. that to me, that, that, that's Matt. Um, but anyways, he, he, he ends up going other places and Dina and uh, Dina and Rand get into a conversation in their, in the room that Dina's put aside for him. Right. And, and um, Dina uh, through that conversation kind of tries to keep Matt in the room and, you know, try to, tries to use her womanly ways to keep him there. And Rand's not really having any of it. And then, when she gets up to leave, she you know shuts the door and keeps him in there. And Rand starts saying, "Well, what's going on?" And then she reveals that she's a dark friend. That you know, if you know, we've been dreaming about you guys. How do you know? You know, Rand's like, "How do you know my name? How do you know Egwene's name?" Right. And so, long and the short of it is, she reveals that she's a dark friend. She's going to be handsomely rewarded for handing him over to the dark one. Right. She's notified mm-hmm. of Fade. Fade's on its way to come and get him. Right. Yeah. And so that mimics stuff we read in the books. And I get, there was probably two or three encounters with dark friends along the way in the story on their way to Camelin. And so I get, you don't want to show all of that, you know, just truncate it down to one encounter. And I thought that was, that was fine. Um, so what do you think of, of Dana and Mark and that whole, encounter that she reveals she befriends them and then later reveals she's a dark friend uh it's good i think it's replacing um that one where that town that elsa's dad takes him to mm-hmm. is elsie or yeah, what's elsa, that elsa grinwell yeah it's like you know like he drops him off that town and then they run into that uh dark friend I, and then Matt's like oh I'm not going to kill you or they're not going to kill her and then he does kill her yeah. by circumstance he like charges yeah. her or something I think that's what this was replacing that um, I thought it was neat uh, I was surprised how terribly equipped Rand was to deal with anything you know what I mean he's like uh, you know just gets hand, you know, basically handled to him he's just you know stuck uh, I thought it was cool we see him break through the door you know we get to see a little bit of the something happening yeah um i think that correlates to the when there's trapped in that room and there's right. this big lightning flash and they're able to get out 
I think that's kind of that moment. Yeah. Yep. And so, because when they get outside, it's kind of a little bit pandemonium rain, you know, like yada, yada, yada. And, um, uh, but, but I thought it was good to introduce what's going on. There's these dark friends. You don't know who they are. They're everywhere. I, this did lay out a couple huge questions for me. However, um, one, when she said, we're not trying to kill you. We're just trying to capture you. Right. And then you can fight for us. We did it to a dragon before. His name was Ishmael. I think he's, she says, we brought the dragon. Someone, wait. No, I, I, yeah, I think she said, like, Ishmael brought the dragon in yeah, last time. to the dark one. Yeah. Ishmael which, brought him. Brought him in. Which is weird, because that's not what happened. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. At all. Um, so that's a different, another different turning of the wheel. Yes. <laughs> According to Ruth. <laughs> this is a totally different wheel at this point. Th- these wheels, I don't know which is the fifteenth turning, not yeah. the the eighth. Um, but uh, so a couple big questions there uh, that that it brought up for me um, because that do- doesn't really align to what's going on, and how would she know that? Who's she talking yeah, to? Yeah, that's pretty deep knowledge for just a random dark friend. Yeah, because she, dark friend. because she wouldn't know Ishmael is Ishmael. She would know Ishmael is Baalzaman. Yep. Because that's what he calls himself right now. And he, so, and he never refers to himself, his old self as Ishmael, ever. And uh, so kind of a weird, weird exchange there that brought some things, I mean, okay we're deviating from the book but just weird but overall i thought it was cool cool series you know kind of like like we said kind of replaces all the times they're going to run into these random dark friends on the way replaces where we're going to get these lightning get they get it away etc cetera, etc cetera. just kind of a you know wraps it up nice and tight yeah. um in a random town yeah yeah i thought it was well executed for the most part um the I liked the character of Dana. She was a good bad guy. You know, someone you you start to like. Oh, she's kind of cool. She's funny. She's you know bantering with our heroes, Rand and and Matt, and holding her own type thing. And then oh, she's a dark friend. <laughs> she's gonna you know she's the bad guy right now. So I thought that was a good twist. I didn't see it coming until she locks the door on him on Rand. So I liked it. Uh, here we also we have Tom. He ends up killing. Dana when she corners him uh, he's there he overhears it and throws one of his knives through her throat and kills her and the boys are freaked out about it but he's like hey she's a dark friend didn't you hear she's notified of fade they're on their way so they they get their stuff and take off with Tom at that point See, that, that, that's the part that bugs me is why should Tom care in <laughs> in the story that they've set up to this point right yeah, I mean, he killed a dark friend, but at that point, his his responsibility ends in my mind. You know, according to Rafe's story here, and so yeah, it is a question. Yeah, why does he care? Um, uh, I was gonna. Oh yeah, we do see Matt rob the Aiel's corpse. He takes the the stone and his money. And Tom's the him and Tom have a moment where they talk about things in. But I don't think that's enough to make Tom want to fight for him. No. But I don't know. Maybe he just saw, you know, hey, these boys need help. 
I'm gonna help them out. They can come with me or not. Because I'm getting out of here. <laughs> maybe maybe we need to just start coming up like this. This anything we can't explain is because they're Taviran, right? Like I yeah. mean that that's yeah. <laughs> we default well. It's because they're Taviran, obviously, right? Yeah, obviously. Obviously, and and everybody knows it at this point. So yeah. <laughs> So that's their arc in this episode. And then with uh, Egwene and, and Perrin, they come out of the other side of the river uh, without Bella and they keep uh, walking and they start to be followed by some wolves. Wolves are chasing them. And we later find out that the wolves are kind of pushing them in a certain direction to come across these tracks and the tracks end up to be wagons. So they follow these tracks and they end up meeting um, a group of people called the Tuathan, and also known as Tinkers. And they befriend them and take them in and feed, give them some food and stuff. And they talk and get to know one another. And this is, I'm glad this part made it into the story because it could very well not have. But so we meet a certain character named Aram, A-R-A-M, Aram, who continue, at least in the books, he continues on with, he disappears and then comes back later. I think he'll probably just stay with the group at this point. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he comes back later. But he plays a major role in the story later on, which is kind of cool. So we get to meet him and the two Othon, who also have a major role in this overall story. So I, I was glad to see them and just have, you know, the episode is called A Place of Safety. And I'm, I think it refers to them be meeting up with the two Othon at this point, as well as Rand and Matt finding a, a place to rest, but more likely with Egwene and Perrin there. Uh, what what do you guys think of the Tuathan, the Tinkers, and kind of how they're presented in the show? Did, did you like it, Kyle? Or Mark? I <laughs> liked how the Tuathan were 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 appealed or, or how, how they how they appeared, right? They're very colorful. They're um I can imagine the, the Tuathuan as having multiple people from all over the world, right? So they're very ethnically, I would say, probably pretty ethnically diverse, right? Given their nomadic nature, right? I can, I can see that they're, you know, they're, um, they're just a little bit weird, but <laughs> yeah. my, my, I watched it with my wife and she's like, oh, these people look like gypsies. I'm like, yeah, they're kind of like gypsies. Yeah, that, it's a good, it's a, it's a good way to think about it, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I thought they, I thought they looked good. Um, and I, you know, I think, I think, um, the way they're represented, they had their dogs, right. Mm -hmm. That they use. Cause you know, that, you know, the, I think they mentioned that they're, they're, I don't think maybe, maybe not, but they're non-combative, right. They don't fight. They, uh, but they have the dogs to keep them safe. Right. Mm -hmm. So you saw all the dogs and I thought that was great. You know, it's a, it's an example of them actually, you know, caring about the details, which is yep. great. Details matter. So, no, I thought the way the tinkers looked was was fantastic. I do want to talk about the wolves later, though. So yeah. we, we, we can talk about that in a minute. But yeah, the okay. tinkers and the Tuatha one look good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing else to say there, right? I mean, I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, really no complaints here i yeah. it was a good good segue i think uh we don't see um elias though right yeah, yeah. that's what i wanted to talk about in the wolves where's elias 
Why, mm -hmm. why compare? Okay, according to, all right, you, you opened the lid here, Mark. You opened <laughs> the lid. Uh, so, I mean, up to this point, Perrin has had two weird encounters with wolves, right? In this, in the, in the shows here, right? But it's not explained why. It's not like nobody knows why Perrin, why these wolves aren't just destroying Perrin, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, whereas in the books, yes, he's had encounters with wolves, but, but he meets Elias to help him understand what that is, right? But we don't get any rhyme or reason of Elias in this in these encounters and so you know why, why should these wolves even be helping Perrin why should they even be around Perrin without that kind of knowledge that Perrin can communicate with wolves right mm -hmm. uh oh maybe I shouldn't have spoiled that there. spoiler but, alert <laughs> spoiler alert that's but it still, I'm not watching the show anymore that's it <sighs> Cornwall broke it but where's Elias right Elias is and yeah, maybe he doesn't play a huge role in the in the middle of the, the whole story, right? But he really sets the tone for Perrin's development with wolves going forward. Right. I think it's weird we didn't see him. I wonder why. Are they going to bring him later? Is that just something we're going to see cut altogether and that he'll figure it out? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think uh, we are seeing some weird encounters with wolves and it's just, why isn't this getting explained? Why isn't it, yeah. you know, anything? And I get that we're gonna, we were, we saw Hopper, right? We saw Hopper. I knew it was Hopper. Not a single soul in the world knows it's Hopper that hasn't read the book. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because we're about to get to the part where things happen with those yeah. wolves, right? Like right. there's going to be some big um, uh, interaction there. And Elias was a part of allowing that to happen, you know, for, for Rhett Perrin to kind of understand what was going in, going on and kind of get the young bull type thing going on. So yeah, I wonder how they'll bridge that gap or is it, we just don't know. I, we know all about Minethrin, but we don't know about wolves. So yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark. And I forgot to bring up in the last episode that, you know, Perrin has this leg injury, this big scratch that's causing him a lot of pain. And the wolf, the wolves track him down. And when they're in the woods camping, escaping from the Trollocs, and the one comes up to him, Hopper, and licks his wound, and then they leave. <laughs> Pretty random events. I don't get it. Um, and then here with these wolves, and then when they're before they meet the Tuathan, uh, Egwin and uh, Perrin, they camp out, spend the they and Perrin falls asleep, and he has this dream where he ends up where Balzaman is again there, and we see even more flashes of Balzaman in his dream, but also we she come he comes upon his wife Layla who he killed. And in this part of the vision, he, the wolf is eating Layla's guts, intestines, right? And then she turns a look, looks at him and says, I think I know, or something along those lines. And then he wakes up. And so a lot of people said that, well, that solidifies that she was a dark friend because the wolf attacked her. And my take on that is he, in the dream, he's the wolf. He killed Layla in the dream as well as in life, real life. That's my interpretation of it. That because he can, he's so connected to the wolves 
in the dream, the wolf killed his wife just like he did in real life. So that's how I take it. But I could be wrong. She's a dark friend. <laughs> yep. She could be. So that's their storyline. They The push is to have them meet up with the Tuathon for a place of safety. And then their story continues in the next episode with the Tinkers. This is why I think she was a, a uh, dark friend. I'm going to okay. get into this for a second. Okay. She didn't go to the party. Everyone else was at the party. True. And she's not at the party. And he came back and she's visibly upset that he came back. You know, there's no indication that they have any marital problems until then. And then all of a sudden there's tension there. Uh, if you watch, I've watched this part three or four times. She definitely has her hands raised after the Trollocs dead. And I think it was right. Tavarin luck or whatever it is you want to call it that he turned in reaction and stabbed whoever it was and it happened to be her right and okay. so i think she was trying to finish what the troll couldn't do in an opportune time mm-hmm. and uh so i mean that's what i think she was staying out of the way because she knew the attack was coming and she was just getting out of the way and then he showed up and she's like crap what now so that's why I think she's a dark friend. And then we, we see it there, you know, with the wolf attacking her. Uh, I, I can agree with that. Um, that, that. That's my canon opinion. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And they did make it a point to say, hey, where's your wife? You should go. She's not here. You should go to her. You know, so they spent time on this dialogue pointing out she's not part of the group right now. So maybe there's some truth to that, you know, she was off communicating with the Trollocs for the murder all. Hey, Maureen's here. She come. Mark, I just like how we just, you know, automatically stamp your opinion as canon from, from here on. I, I mean, I think that that's probably a good reference point from here on. If Mark says it, it must be canon. Listen, let me tell you about a time when no one believed oh boy. me about this book. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. The one hey. time he was right, he's got to keep bringing it up. <laughs> but it was the best time to be right. I'm just saying, we'll get into this. In about, about nine seasons, we will have the Mark Cannon opinion episode. So, okay. <laughs> All right. So then going back to... Moraine and Lan with their part of the story is basically Moraine's fallen ill. Um, Nynaeve is able to find some herbs to temporarily reduce her pain and suffering, uh, but they realize they need to go get help. So they decide, I think Lan says, I know where we need to go. He basically go find these other Aes Sedai. And so the three of them head out, they go Southwest Instead of east, like everybody else, they go southwest and eventually meet up with another group of Aes Sedai. And Leandrin, the red of the Red Aja, is there. And she tells them, hey, we've captured the Dragon Reborn. And they roll out this cage. And in it, we have Loghain sitting there. And that's the end of the episode. So, one thing I, I've noticed is we're not seeing the Aes Sedai agelessness. At least if they're showing it, I'm not seeing it. And I know specifically Rafe was asked that in a one of the Q&A sessions they had before the show was 
you know, like a year ago or whatever was asked about that. And he said that they would be able to, they would do something with that to show that. And I'm not seeing it so far with the I said, I we've seen. Neither am I. I, I see a aged ish look. Yeah. Maybe that's what we're supposed to interpret as age, agelessness, right? But yeah. I, I don't see, to me, agelessness means you can't tell whether they're young or old, right? Right. And they look and old. Maybe they all just look old. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. That being said, I did like, I mean, when, when you see Leandrin there, I think her personality, the actress captures her personality really well. It's not how I pictured her, but. Right. Because she's the one that had the rosebud mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I always saw her as very beautiful and petty, looking petty or something, pouty or something. But yeah, character wise, she's great. I agree. But she's not how I pictured. Yep. Or she's not as described in the book. Um, so overall, I, I thought I liked this episode better than the previous two. Uh, obviously, there are some things like Elias and Tom meeting Tom in the random village instead of in Emmons Field. You know, things those changes to the story I, I don't appreciate so much, but they work. So I'm giving this episode like a seven and a half for overall. What do you guys think? I agree. I give it a seven, seven and a half. I liked it better than the first two. So yeah, there's some things that don't match the books. Yeah, that's frustrating for me. But in this, you know, 14th wheel of, of that we're talking about at this point, um, the, the wheel of time, according to Rafe Jud- Judkins, <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? What's your overall rating? Okay. A couple of things. We want to talk about agelessness. You guys are talking about agelessness, and I was looking this up. Okay. We're not seeing the agelessness. I think yes and no. No, because we know Moiraine is really young for a nice to die, and she does not look really young. Right? right. She looks her age. Okay. Um, we see Leandrin. She is younger for a nice to die, but we see someone that looks older. However, we see Kareen next episode. I know this is a little head. And she's like 280 years old. And she looks the same age as the other two. So I think that's like, I can see the agelessness in some aspects just because I know she's old. Right. But, but that doesn't make up for Maureen, right? Yeah. <laughs> she looks old. <laughs> right. um, and so other people. So I, I can kind of see both. Uh, as far as the episode goes, um, this is a boring episode for me. There was a lot of like, you know, running through the forest and, you know, I hate reading about the tinkers. It like gives me like, like when I come across that like chapter, when I'm actually reading the books, I go away for a while and two days I'll come and just power through it as fast as I can, you know? And so whenever I, I can't stand to read about it and I really like the books. And so when I watch about it, I'm just like, in the death throes of like please move on and we just keep so this is a pretty boring episode for me there were some great things about it no doubt especially you know with some of the side stuff missing elias is a big big thing for the show is a filler show with a lot of information 
I, I'm going to give it a, a six, maybe a six and a half for me personally, um, for content to the book, terrible. So I, I give the whole overall like a five, you know, I give it like a 50% just because I, the Tuathon are cool and stuff. They're cool to read about. Some people like, like them. That is not a favorite group of mine. Um, that is a group that I would like to fight, run into some questioners. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But that's me. Oh, no. Terrible. And that is Mark Cannon opinion. <laughs> okay, here we go. I mean, we need to come up with a jingle at this point. Yeah, you know, with, with Mark Cannon opinion. <laughs> and this was brought to you by the Cannon according to Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the those are our scores. It's interesting to note that um we've talked to some people who aren't as read or haven't read the books and got gotten some mixed reactions. I think so. Me and Kyle talked to some people today who are seeing the show or introduced to the wheel of time for the first time or have some vague ref, like some previous reference, but nothing current, really current till now. And they seem to be enjoying the show the first three or four episodes. Um, they like where it's going. They're not bogged down with all these technical stuff like we are, you know, like, you know, where's, where's Elias? Where's Mordith? You know, they're not doing that. They're just enjoying it for what it is. And they're, they're liking it and they're going to keep watching it. But then Mark and I, we talked to some people yesterday or a couple of days ago, right. Who weren't interested at all in the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. They, I think they saw it. So they saw the first episode mm-hmm. um, and they said it was okay, but the troll locks, I think really turned them off. That's right. And uh, I mean, this is one of them was, you know, nerd cred nation guy, you know, he, he plays yeah. the games, he reads the books, he watches the shows like Justin and I have had great conversations with him. So he, you know, this is his up right up his alley and he, he wasn't a huge fan, you know, it didn't hop out to him. So uh, it's interesting to see that. Yeah. The different reactions. And, and he had just had a very small memory of the books, right? He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he didn't have his life bound to them like us, but <laughs> <laughs> he's not bound to the room. Um, so yes, that fool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Oh, I do have a weird question. Sorry. This is late in the game. Weird question. In the movie, um, or in the movie, in the TV show, someone says something. I don't remember who. I don't remember what episode. But they said something like, we're all bound to the will and we'll be reborn again. Yeah. And that was but that's not, Tam. Tam talking to Rand in the first episode. But that's not the way I understand it. Am I right in this, that only specific, certain people are reborn and that threads come and go? The different threads that you know that make up the weave, they come and go, not, but not the same threads are always put in. Only the reborn people, the dragon, those that are bound to the horn, uh, things like that. But everyone else is not necessarily reborn. Hmm. Uh, I I understood it differently. I thought every, I thought everybody was reborn, but they were reborn into you know, different purposes. So I didn't think it was just a select few. I thought it was everybody. Well, this, the select few part with the heroes of the horn and all that, um, Taviran, I think, 
I do remember that's, that's how it works, right? They're re they're put back into the, into the wheel or the weave, the pattern every so often. But I always thought that everyone was reborn at some point. So is it everybody's reborn into their age and then specific people are reborn every age? That is a good question. That's kind of how I understood it, right? People were reborn and then roles were refilled kind of a thing. So philosophical question, if there needs to be new weaves or new threads, how does the pattern dictate that? It just borns that's the only way someone is born new so if somebody say you know they cast uh the weave on them that makes them disappear forever not saying that that happens but if it did so the pattern just that's the only way someone new is born is if that happens otherwise it's just the same right ten thousand people that get reborn yeah that's a good question well, so yeah, in the theory of that, of them getting that, you know, that that cast, right? Where they're <laughs> torn up, right? We shouldn't dive into that too much. But anyways, isn't that, I mean, that, that's the whole point, right? Because you have these people that are reborn again and again and again. And because they continue to use that weave, it's tearing the pattern apart, right? And so in my mind, that, that represents losing people out of the pattern therefore tearing it apart and and stopping the wheel stopping the weaving of the of the pattern right which Mm -hmm. is why they you know that that's a that that's not a good you know that that's a band weave right for certain individuals and anyway we're going to talk we're we're talking about spoilers here but long and the short of it is i i thought that was the whole point of not using that particular weave is, is it would tear apart the pattern because it would end people, not necessarily create new people. So, so if that's the case, each age, each turning the wheel, there's just less and less people. So if there's never new threads coming in, new souls, new, whatever, right. It would always be subtracting. So eventually that's, that's the end of time. There'll be there. Dark You're the wings. only person this age. I hope <laughs> that uh, you happen to be the dragon reborn because you yeah. have to save yourself. Right. Yourself. Right. So I, I just wonder, I just don't know really how it works. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look into this for next episode, people. Yeah, that's, that, that's good. Cause we're going to need a canon according to Mark. Uh, yes. Can, this can, canyon Mark opinion coming next episode. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, <we'll see. laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Good questions. And those are the type of questions we ask on our other, like our other episodes when we're talking about the book, breaking down the book, we're talking about different groups. And I kind of miss that because here it's like, oh, this is different and it's not as good as the books were, right? So I think we need to go back to our previous podcast episodes too, where we're talking about the books because we tend to refer to the books a lot. But um, for now, we're doing the show episodes. A lot of good content, a lot of good questions, and that's why the books are so good. There's just so many facets, so many angles, so many people, so many characters, organizations that you can just talk and talk about all these cool things about this, the story and how they interact with each other, how they play off each other and affect one another. So, um, And that's, that's where all these criticisms come from, I think. 
the complexity of the books is not reflected in the show as much in simple things like, you know, characters not being there or moments not being in the right place or, you know, and it's not that hard to, to make those changes or keep, yeah, keep the things in the book in the show. So, but anyways, I, um, I just, I, I think, I think it's a, the story stands on its own, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the book, the story told in the books is complex, but complete, right? It's clear. It, it, it makes sense. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful story. I just don't see a need to, why do we need to tell a new story? Right. You know, it's not as complex. That's not as complex, not as complete and full of plot holes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are no plot holes. It's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> Brought yeah. to you as a Canada Court. <laughs> Ding. So the next episode that we'll be talking about, episode four, is called The Dragon Reborn. Um, and we'll get into that. It features Loghain and his proclamation that he is the dragon reborn. So maybe he's the fifth person that's being referred to previously. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see if he is the dragon or not, or is it Rand, Matt, Perrin, Egwene? We'll get into that because the story keeps going. And actually episode four, I liked episode four. I've seen it already. It's a great, it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it. Easily my favorite episode of all of all of them so far. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, hopefully um, you get something out of this. If you have questions or if you feel like we're criticizing it too much and you have criticisms of our criticisms, send us an email. Uh, podcast at CredibleNerds.com. We'll read it. We'll talk about it. So so look us up on social media contact us there if you have questions or complaints we'll do the same we'll review it and talk about it on our show we like fan interaction so uh, we do appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time guys see you guys bye Taishar Manetherin Taishar yes Taishar Taishar that's right we are Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy! <laughs> 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 <laughs>